Hello, how are you? Welcome to the podcast. This one's a bit different. Hi, I'm Mark, Mark Bennett. Um, what's happening here is, I'll put the mic over so you can hear him. Okay, nothing? Nothing, Sam? I'm uh, sitting here with my baby. It's my baby. It's not not our baby. My wife always like, you got to say our baby. No, it's my baby. He looks like me, right? We don't have any evidence it's her baby, except for the coming out of the old vagine part. So um, Sam is sitting here, sitting up, which apparently is early for he's like six and a half months, and he can sit up on his own. <laughs> he's, guys, he's, he's so special. He's so special. Except he's always holding his hand. Right now he's looking at me, and he's holding his right hand in the air. And he just holds it there a lot, you know? I'm like, are you, are you special in a good way or a bad way? But it's all subjective, right? What's a bad way? I'm not going to answer that. You can't rope me into that, counselor. So the reason I'm doing the podcast right now is because the wife is off. She's at a naturopath. You know, she's getting injections or some shit because it helps with her asthma, apparently, if she gets magnesium. But it has to be a certain type of magnesium. can be your old run-of-the-mill, over-the-counter magnesium. You know, it comes from the ghetto it's got to be highfalutin magnesium that they scrape off a waterfall in the Himalayas or some shit, right? So apparently babies, you're supposed to talk to babies. And I just noticed I've been sitting here for a half an hour with the baby and I haven't said a word to him. Because I just, it's not, doesn't occur to me to be like, hey man, what's going on? Like, I mean, I'll say, oh, put that down, don't eat that, you know, shit like that. But it's hard to have a conversation you know, because he doesn't talk back, and I realize that's what I do on the podcast. I have a one-sided conversation. So this way, the baby gets to hear me talk, and like as is evidence this is a good idea, he is just staring at me right now. He's like, hey, finally, finally my dad can speak. I didn't know he could speak. And my wife speaks French to him, because she speaks French, so she wants him to learn French. And she was like, and he'll pick up English, obviously, because of you and everybody else in the world. But we don't let him watch TV, and we don't see a lot of people, so I'm not sure he ever hears English. This baby is just nothing but French. Right now, he's listening to me goes, what the fuck is that gibberish? <laughs> see? He was like, what is that gibberish? <laughs> that was Sam, by the way. And uh, that was him chiming in on the podcast. He wants to be part of it. But I don't know. I was just, you know, I was realizing this podcast, it's an uphill battle. Do you know what I mean? Like people, sometimes they do podcasts and they're good right off the bat. You know, they they have good production value. Yes, Summer. It's good production value. They've got, uh, they've got theme music. They've got guests, you know. All right. I may have to pause this now because poor old Summer. Seems like he's sick of me talking into a mic. Are you sick of this, Sam? He says nothing. But he does want to eat this microphone. You can't eat it, buddy. You can't eat it. He just had peas. So he's just got just green shit all over his nose. But it's peas. It's not boogers. It's not booze. Not bugs. Poor little Sammer. All right. You okay? Everything okay? Your dad should continue the podcast? Is that what you think? Okay, good. Mm. Yeah? 
That's all he does. Is that good? It's probably a really good sign, right? He's probably a genius. Most geniuses, they say. Albert Einstein, when he was almost seven months old, the only thing he did would go, right? I believe that's why it's in the Wikipedia. So like I was saying, you know, you can have a successful podcast if you're not famous. But generally speaking, something happens where people get wind of your podcast. You know, like you'll have like Mark Maron, I mean, his podcast seemingly anyway, I don't know. I don't know the real story, but it seemed to really take off when he got Louis C.K. on the show. And people love Louis C.K. So they listened to that particular podcast, and it was really interesting because the two of them were friends. Sam, you'd rather listen to the Mark Maron podcast than my podcast? Is that what you're yelling about? I don't blame you. He has Louis C.K. Louis C.K. And you know what? And what I have is a grunting baby. Right? A grunting baby. That's not the same. I mean, it's a similar level of wit to one of the great comedians of all time. But um, you doing okay? All right, I think we're going to have to pause this. And uh, I'll come back and, um, when, when his mother takes him from me and truly entertains him. Because like, she's, I don't know, she's good with this kid. I'm doing my, I do my best, but... She she's just got the energy. She runs around. She's playing games. She's clapping her hands. She's singing songs. And I just let him watch me do a podcast. I gotta be a better dad. Ah, oh, Christ Almighty! I'll be back. Did I really think that was gonna work? You know? Yeah. Let's just throw the old baby variable into the podcast. Try to watch a baby while you do a podcast. And I'm doing it again. I'm doing it right now. We just changed locations. Took off his clothes. He hates his clothes. So I took him off. And now we're uh, we're playing here on the in his room. We're on the day bed. And he's playing with some kind of fucking ball. And he's staring at me going, what is that goddamn language you're speaking? Papa. Comment ça va, papa? Tu aimes le français? Do you? Do you love French? You little French bastard. He actually looks uh, really British, which is kind of weird. His hair's combed over to the side. I wonder sometimes, you know, is he our kid? I'm sure he is because I watched him come out, you know. It was a C-section, but I watched it. They handed me a baby that came out of, you know, a wound. So I didn't let anyone else take him. And then, and then we kept an eye on him, but it's just... That night we were so tired and you're just, you're sleeping and we had this shitty fucking nurse. What she did is she came in and she needed a blood sample, uh, apparently to test for some kind of, I don't know what, when babies come out, they test them for something. And so we, um, I, I accompanied her and the baby and then she gave him a little prick on the heel and tried to get some blood out of it. But she was like, oh, I'm just back from vacation. I'm just, woo, I'm trying to get my bearings. That was literally how she spoke. Woo, I'm just trying to get my bearings. It was 3 in the morning. We hadn't slept in over 24 hours. I'm like, okay, just fucking do this. Let's do it. And then she does uh, the blood test. And um, and then she comes back an hour later. She's like, hey, it didn't work, so we got to do it again. I'm like, you got to do it again. The baby's been through a fair amount. All right. So I get up. I'm so exhausted. I don't know what. To, I can't even see. But I'm, I'm not. 
going to let her just go by herself with the baby. And Sarah's all, you know, she, she's all stitched up. She can't go anywhere. So uh, I go with the missus to do it. We do it again. I can tell she's fucking it up. I can tell. And then so she asked another nurse. She was like, is this one good? Do you think I didn't? The nurse was like, what? What bottle are you using? No, that's the wrong vial. You got to use this other one. She was like, oh, okay. And then she does it again a third time. The baby's friggin' heel. It looks like a, a war scene. And then we put the... She she barely gets any blood for the third vial. And the, the good nurse is looking at her going, I don't think that's going to work. She was like, okay, maybe we can just send it in and say, you did it, ha, ha, ha. And the girl was like, no, no, you're putting your name on this. So our shitty vacation nurse, you could tell she was literally trying to pass the buck to the other nurse because she knew she was going to get in trouble, probably because she's on her on her last warning. It's like, oh, you know, Matilda, six strikes and you're out. So could you put your name on it, Jasmine? No, Matilda, I can't. You put your fucking name on your work and you get fired. But she's going to get fired on her mistakes with my baby. So I'm not happy about the whole thing. and um, But at least it's done. Or so we think. I go back to the room. I finally fall asleep for a second. About, I'd say, 45 minutes later. It's hard to tell because I was almost in a coma. I hear my wife going, no, 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 I'm going. So my wife is trying to get up out of bed. And I'm like, my eyes are, are I'm, cl- I'm clawing them open because I'm so tired. My wife is like, I got it. No, I'm going with you. And there is shitty old Matilda. And she has our baby. And she's like, no, I just, I'm just i just going to go do one more test, and then I'll bring him right back. And Sarah's like, no, no, you won't. And I finally have – I'm conscious enough to go, I'm up. I'm fucking up is what I said. And I, I got up out of the chair because there's no bed for the, for the man. The man doesn't sleep in a bed. He sleeps in a chair. You're lucky if it folds down. So it did fold down. And then I uh, – uh, I stumble out of the chair. I go down on one knee, but I'm still I'm still in the game, you know. I haven't. Uh, if if it was football, I still I'm still not down. I'm still not down by contact. That is my insane baby right there. He's probably insane because of all the pinpricks he had. So we finally we go do one more test, and apparently that one's good enough. Uh, and it was like they had to do it in on his hand. So now his little baby hand. Has, has a s- Sometimes Sam doesn't like it when I speak a lot. He seems to uh, just try to drown me out with that yelling. And uh, it makes me wonder sometimes. Because, like, I'm the yeller in this household. But he, boy, I tell you, he's making a play for it. Like the young lion. Who's going to become leader of the pride. He knows. He was like, your time is done, old man. It's time for a new yeller in this house. And here he comes. All right. I'll pause this till he stops. Okay, so now I am babyless. Uh, My wife has the baby. This is a different day. Uh, I did these podcasts. I did the first one like a couple days ago, the first part where the baby's screaming. And now it's days later. So I am going to try to bridge the two podcasts together and um i will just end by saying the uh sam finally did get his blood tests and everything was just fine and uh i would like to murder that particular nurse and um 
you know, I'm not, that's the thing is I'm not even sure. It's just, she seems so loopy, so crazy, you know, and people steal babies. Now he had a little tag on his, um, on his ankle is apparently, you know, that's a thing. People steal babies at hospitals. So, uh, he had this little tag on his ankle, so it probably would have set off an alarm if Crazy Matilda had taken him away. But, um, but I mean, she's also a nurse. She may know how to unlock that tag. Maybe people don't expect the nurses to steal the babies. But I'm pretty sure old Maddie, pretty sure Matilda was uh, was thinking about taking that baby for herself. Anyway, we should have you know put in a bunch of complaints about her, but we didn't because uh, we just wanted to get home. So that's the end of the baby story right there. Now I'm going to play the next part of the podcast, which was recorded separately. And I'm just, this is the link between the two different times. All right. You, you, you got completion on the Matilda story. And now I'll start into the podcast that I did earlier today. And uh, here we go. All right, I'm back. This is Mark Bennett. I'll say my name again because maybe I won't be able to use the stuff off the top, you know. Hopefully I will be able to use it. It's just that I had my baby with me, and I'm trying to do the podcast with the baby in the room, and he was just being a total dick about it. You know, he's like, hey, me, help me survive. I'm like, Ugh. All right, baby. It's amazing how useless they are, you know. Right up until he was six months old, he couldn't move at all, like just wherever you put him down. He's like, well, I guess this is where I live now. I live right here. It's just, and the look on their face is just the babies. They have this resigned, like, all right. Whenever you pick them up and bring them somewhere else, they're like, all right. We're going here now. I, I guess I can't stop you. It must be frustrating. But at the same time, you know, I think I might benefit from that myself. If I had like a large lady who just picked me up and brought me places and sat me down and said, here, stay here now for a while. I'd probably get a lot more done in the day. I left to my own devices. I don't do shit. But you know, like I, I do, I do want to do stuff. You know, like uh, like all the YouTube kids and they're doing videos all the time and stuff like that. And I, I was having this thought of, uh, oh, if only I was younger. Because when I was younger, I used to want to do these types of things. And I will say that is true. But when I was um, like fifteen, sixteen, the internet was getting invented basically. And I remember being very excited. I, I got screenwriting software when I was about 20. So I sent away for, uh, it was called Ma- Movie Magic Screenwriter 2000 or some shit. Anyway, it's n- not Final Draft. It's another one. So I, uh, I ordered this one and I got it in the mail, a CD-ROM, put it into my computer. And I was, I was ecstatic because you get to write screenplays just like the professional movies from your home in Newfoundland. And Jesus Christ, was I happy about that. Oh, also, speaking of Newfoundland, I'm trying a different mic technique right now. You know, I'm, I'm holding the mic on axis, as it's called, my Shure SM58, because I know it's supposed to be a good microphone. It's just, apparently, if you hold it on axis and, you know, not, uh, like, not more than 15 centimeters away from your, your stupid face, then... Um, it creates more of a bassy sound, which is good because I need to get rid of that nasal leprechaun thing I got going on. Oh my God, guys, you like my podcast? So I'm trying to be more bassy. Trying to be, because I just, I don't want people listening and just turning it off because they, 
they just can't stand the sound of my voice. They're like, oh, I love the things he says. I just hate how he says them, you know? Or maybe you're just like, I hate everything about you. And if that's the case, why are you listening? Maybe you're one of those people who who just wants to watch things or listen to things to get angry. I, I'm like that sometimes. So if you're out, if that's why you're listening to this, I feel you. I get that. Sometimes I will tune into something just to get angry at it. Like this uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, was just, I was talking about on a couple of podcasts ago about, you know, the this new age of um, motivational speaking almost, you know, it's just that get up and go. It's all related to what I started this diatribe about the... Um, the kids and the YouTubes and the excitement. It's just there is a lot of fluff. One of my friends, John, who listens to the podcast, uh, John was saying that, uh, yeah, there, there's, there's this, um, uh, what did he call it? Something, uh, it's this empty fluff, you know, that people are doing this just, they, they sound like they're saying things. It's, it's a lot of like, it, it's kind of a symptom of the whole world right now. The politicians, they get up and they have all these talking points. We're going to make things great again. We're going to do this. And do you know what? We need jobs. And do you know what we don't need is rich people holding you down. But like, they don't actually say anything. Well, what is, what's your economic plan? What are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to close libraries and, and help, Banks? Is that is that your plan? Is, is that your platform? Oh, hey, hey, nobody said that. What we said is things are going to be great. Nobody really seems to be saying or doing anything of a lot of substance right now. It's kind of a weird time where people, they want to produce more and more content, um, but the content is, is very airy. There's not a lot going on. So this psycho babble of, you know, find your inner bliss and you just travel the world and do things and just, and, and be happy, you know, but, but no real, no real thing behind it. Just, just this emptiness. And it's a bit of, I am, I am, I've gone off on many different tangents, but I assure you, ladies and gentlemen, especially the people listening who hate me, I assure you, that uh, this is all in the same ballpark. Like, so the Gary Vaynerchuk, like it's, I can't really put my finger on this guy. Uh, he's sort of a Tony Robbins and sort of a new agey uh, internet startup businessy social media guru. And now what he just runs around giving speeches. And let me tell you something. I am not someone who does not do research. I can sit down and watch things all day long. So I've been watching this guy, and I'm trying to figure out what it is he's saying. Like, I, I, look, I know who he is, and maybe some of you listening know who he is. So he actually has done a good job of what he says he does. He says he uses social media in order to get his product out, his information out. He used to run a wine business, but now he kind of just runs a sort of a social media business. But now, seemingly more than anything, he runs around giving presentations at conferences, you know, things that are like the TED conference, but I think he even did a TED one. But um, these types of, these expos where people go to get all pumped up for no reason and they leave going, yeah, I'm going to make videos every day and I'm going to post Instagram live things and people will come flock to me. And hey, look, I'm not shitting on, on these people. I, that's what I'm trying to do. You know, I'm trying... To get my stuff out there, I want I want to have a consistent product. But for me, like it, there's something 
tangible there, if you can call comedy tangible. But that's my thing. I'm a stand-up comic, and I, I try to do comedy. So, you know, you, you can see me at a comedy club, or you can listen to my CD, or you can, you know, I'll be on the old satellite radio. And, and so when I'm doing uh, YouTube videos or I'm doing podcasts, like what's behind it is, look, I'm a comedian, so if you're interested in this type of shit or you like to laugh, you know, that this is my product. Whereas a lot of other people, like the the kids these days, as I call them, but they're not all kids, but people who put out stuff, they just film themselves doing things. And then there's guys who are good at it. You know, there's like uh, Casey Neistat. Um, he's just a guy who really, he knows how to make uh, quick little movies and they always tell a good story and he's a great editor. And, you know, I mentioned him before he does, he's done something for HBO. I mean, he's, you know, he's the real deal. But then there's a lot of people who try to copy what he does or a lot of people who are just putting up random shit. And, um, and it's, it's all snowballing into this talk, 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 but not actually do anything it's, it's a bit like did you ever see the south park episode <laughs> did you ever see as if we're in a conversation but um the, the south park episode where they're talking about paris hilton and one of the girls on the show she, she goes okay but what does she do and people are like oh but she's so famous and she's so great and i love her and she's so rich and the girl's like yeah okay but what does she do it's like well she's she's paris hilton she's super she's super famous it's like right What's her job? What does she do? And that that's it. Like she just show she shows up places. I don't know if she does anymore. Maybe she's dead in a ditch somewhere. I don't know. Probably. You know, if the world is any justice. But she's I I don't see but Kim Kardashian, same stuff. Like they're just famous for being famous. So they show up places, they get paid a lot of money just to be there. It's a weird system. I was watching uh, some show and they they were talking about uh, what kids when what do you want to be when you grow up and now the overwhelming majority of kids are saying I want to be famous and when they're asked the follow up question for what they don't get it they don't actually get what do you mean for what I want to be famous and we are in a situation where those kids aren't wrong they can be very famous with no real reason behind it. And I mean, I'm not exactly sure how it happens, but it does happen. They'll get like 40 million YouTube subscribers, you know, like, like the PewDiePie guys and stuff like that. I mean, they're they I get they're playing video games. So the kids are watching them play video games. So I can kind of see how that happens. And other people are just putting out um, videos every day and people are watching it. And so it is this strange, strange situation. And like I said from the beginning. I, I, I'm jealous of the kids because when I was young, I did want to produce, and, and I did, like me and my friends, we would take a, an old VHS uh, video camera and we taped ourselves doing like uh, stupid movies. We would make little movies or um, we used to do one every Christmas time, me and my buddies, and they were funny. We did, we did uh, Scrooge one year, like our version of uh, The Christmas Carol. So I played Ebenezer Scrooge and let me tell you something, to this day, it makes me laugh. And um, so we were doing these types of things. Now, if we had the internet back in the day, we could have put Scrooge up, you know, and, and I would have. I, I always desperately wanted to do these things. So now I you know, I'm one of those old curmudgeons who's like, oh, if only I was young. And you can say that. Hold on, I got to turn this thing off. (laughs) Sorry, the heater kicked on. I just turned it off. So where the fuck was I? Man, oh, man. 
Yeah, I was gonna. I would have done great things when I was a kid. I can't even keep a train of thought. You know what? Like the thing is, a lot of these old bastards like myself are like, well, you know, things things would have been different if I had grown up with this technology. You can't use that as an excuse. You know, I think that's one of the things that Gary Vaynerchuk actually says that I do agree with. You can't use. Uh, your age and all oh, it passed me by as an excuse. I can use these platforms. I can put stuff up on the YouTubes and the Vimeos. But I, uh, but you're, it's true that you're not as dumb and excited about it. And I think that that is part of um, the appeal to the audience is because a lot of the audience of the social media and the new media is quite young. So, if you're also young, it means you're you're pretty stupid. And if you're young and you're listening to this, I'm sorry. But that is, it, it's just, I'm not saying you're stupid relative to other people, but you're stupid relative to yourself. I, I assure you that uh, most of you, barring some kind of uh, brain injury, are going to be smarter as your lives continue on just because you have more life experience and you figure out who you are as a person. I think that's one of the main things that makes you seem a lot smarter and more together is that when you actually figure out who you are. I know who I am now. I started figuring it out in my mid-30s, and now I'm just me, and uh, there's no apologies. And my comedy has gotten a lot better since then because you just... That's why I think you see a lot of the comedians really excel when they're in their late 30s and early 40s because that really feels like the time where... Well, there's no going back now. I'm this dude, and uh, I only have a few more years of being this dude before I'm an old dude. So this is who I am, and this is what's going to happen. And so, you know, where the fuck was I going with this? Does anybody know? See, part of the problem with this particular podcast is I was listening to my other podcasts that I gave you guys, and sometimes my speaking is so frenetic and so um, fast that... uh, I thought, that's crazy. I sound like a crazy person, like somebody who's, who's mentally unstable. So I'm trying to calm it down a little bit. But if I calm it down, I find that I have less things jump up in my brain to spew out. I don't know why that is, but the faster I talk, seemingly, the faster the thoughts come. There's something wrong with me, is what I'm saying. So the excuses, that's where I was. The excuses, they've got to go because... I can not only utilize the kids' technology, but I know who I am as a person, so there's, I should be able to utilize it even better. With that caveat, that uh, caveat? Yeah, I think I used that right. With the caveat, maybe that's how you pronounce it, that um, the content is going to have something behind it, which is comedy. I, I like stand-up. I like comedy in general. So I'm going to be talking about these types of things. I'm not just putting up something for the sake of putting it up. So like I'm starting to do the YouTube videos now again. I did them about five years ago. I did like a series of how-to stand-up videos. And the kids, they seem to like them. You know, so I started finally putting up some more. The podcast has really kicked off this whole notion that you really should be producing more content. I And I like it. It all feeds into each other. So since I have a few hundred subscribers, 700 or something like that, on these old videos on YouTube, I figured maybe if I do some videos 
and I'm mentioning the podcast, people will go to the podcast, and now here I am on the podcast mentioning the video, so maybe people will go to the videos, and it'll create this nice symbiosis, guys, and we'll all be connected, and we'll all be one. So my wife, um, just to change gears, is gone. Uh, it, well, she's, she's not gone. Uh, she, she didn't leave me, as far as I know. I mean, she did. She took the baby, and she walked out the door. So who knows? I mean, I assume they're coming back, but you don't know these things. It's just she didn't take much luggage, you know, so I, I figure that uh, she'll be back. She's at a, a play group. She started it. You know, she just, uh, she does things that I would not do. She decided, you know, uh, the baby needs exposure to other humans. And I'm like, for what? For what? He can make the YouTube videos. He can connect to the world. I am a little jealous of uh, my son because of that fact. The fact that he gets to inherit this new world. He can make videos when he's four years old. In fact, I will make videos of him and try to use his cuteness to get myself popular. I unabashedly will be doing that. I I will not apologize. I use cuteness. Some, you know, this a lot of uh, the videos, the YouTube videos, they'll grab a screenshot of like a super hot girl or some boobs or some asses or something. And then, of course, they get millions of clicks because people want to see the boobs and asses. You know, in case you don't know, people love boobs and asses. They love them. They can't get enough of them. But um, so people also like kittens and cats and babies. I have a cat and I have a baby. I've, I really should be utilizing the cat more. You know, she she plays fetch. She jumps up the wall. I should tape it, but you know, it's hard. She's a, it's hard to wrangle the cat. Hard to be a cat wrangler. She's really not uh, cooperative. You know, as a as an actor, really gives me a hard time. You know, but the baby. He, he's just a blob. He can't help it. You know, I'll hold up a shiny object. He'll smile. He doesn't realize I'm filming him. And then I'm taping him with the phone. So, man, this guy. Yeah. So he's, he's more easily used. He's slower than the cat, too. Much slower. Um, can't move as fast. Can't, can't move as far. So I'm, I'm using this kid. But I am jealous. I'm jealous that uh, he'll get to do all these things as soon as he wanted. Because I'm one of those people. I was just belching. I'm just belching into this microphone. Uh, that's my new mic technique. I'll just belch into the microphone. We'll see how that sounds to the people out there. And um, he just gets to do this exciting new technology. But you know what, Sam? So do I. Just because I'm 38, I'm doing it too. Do you know what the problem is, some of Ladies and gentlemen, the problem is, it's like Saturday Night Live. When I was 15 or 16, I was convinced it was the best thing in the world to do. I wanted to be on it so bad. You know, Dana Carvey and Mike Myers were on it back then, and it was just, everything was so funny to me. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, my hero, he had done a Saturday Night Live episode. That was the first Saturday Night Live episode I ever watched was Wayne Gretzky. And um, I'm like, that's for me. And I was doing all the Dana Carvey impressions and I was doing George Bush and uh, and uh, Thousand Points of Light and um, Ross Perot, Can I Finish, and uh, uh, anything. Anything Dana Carvey would do, I would then go do it at parties and stuff like that and or in classrooms. I didn't go to a lot of parties. I wasn't very popular, but I, um, 
I was okay popular. I, we were in a really small school, and um, there wasn't tons and tons of parties. There was a lot of drinking in the woods, and uh, I didn't do the drinking in the woods. So me and my friends, we would hang out and uh, film movies, like I said, because we were goofy nerds. But it was fun. Those were good times. I prefer that. I'm, well, I don't know. I guess I don't know the other side of it. Maybe I'd prefer to have all these stories where I was drunk in the woods. Like uh, this one guy who got drunk in the woods, and he was standing in the back of a pickup truck back home, and he, uh, he fell off the pickup truck. Then he hit his head on a rock and uh, lost his sense of smell. So that's a, I mean, maybe that's a story I would prefer to have. I don't think so. I think I enjoy my sense of smell and not getting my head smashed off a rock. In fact, I like, uh, yeah, I like writing movies, being in these stupid little things. Anyway, I'm sidetracked. What I'm saying is this new media is, uh, I don't know. It's confusing. It's exciting. Uh, and you know what? It's a little overwhelming. I got to tell you, it's a little overwhelming. I, I want to do so much. And then when you sit down to do it, it's just, I don't know. It's garbage, you know, uh, but you should still put it up. Put up your garbage. Like it, this day and age, just more and more and more. Like a lot of the comedians, you'll see the same thing. It's like, oh, I'm working on my new hour. Everyone's always saying, I'm working on my new hour. Thanks to Netflix and Amazon and all this shit uh, and TV stations in general and now just straight up internet, everyone's doing their their, their new hour. Is other than like Carlin and Cosby back in the days, did I talk about this before? Fuck it, I'm saying it again. People didn't do specials all the time because you weren't always on TV, you know? Like, uh, I, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Seinfeld, but he said back in the day, you used to, you get an hour and uh, you just tour the country with that. No, there was no TV. You, blow, you might blow seven minutes on Johnny Carson, but for the most part, no one ever hears your act unless they're live at your show. And um, so you could ride it for, for years and years. And, but now everybody wants something new. And I got to tell you, I think comedy is suffering from it. That's right. I threw down the gauntlet. I've been, I'm saying it now. And some of the big names, some of the big names are doing specials. I'm not going to name the names because, uh, you know, a lot of these guys I respect, these guys and girls, I respect them. And, uh, and, I, and I also know how fucking hard it is to generate new material that is uh, of high quality consistently and and fast i mean so i don't blame these people for not being able to put out specials that were as good as their early specials cuz they're so so they put out this uh, a special on tv it blows up uh, it's super huge. Everyone's like, oh my God, you're so funny. Netflix is like, when can you do another special? So a year from now, let's start the timer. Beep, beep. And they, they just, they have, they have to do it. And you, you can't blame them. And uh, it's, that's how the money is really generated these days. You turn over material, you get out there, you get on the road, you, um, you put up a new special. And, but because of it, a lot of specials are getting super weak. So that's when you, when you see a guy like Louis C.K., I'll mention his name because he is so consistently good. I mean, he may be your favorite or not your favorite, but he his level has is always... So when Shameless came out, that was an excellent special. At the time, I called it the best special I've ever seen. And uh, Shameless on HBO, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's Louis' first big one. And since then, he just keeps putting out more specials, and they're all of... 
probably equal or higher quality to that one. And that's insane. That's just insane. And he does it every year while he produces like three TV shows. But almost no one else can put out a special every year that is really good. You know, some of them are okay. Some of them are downright fucking disasters. And I'm saying this knowing I can't do that. Like, I don't blame these people for not being able to put out genius every year. That's it's 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 too high of a bar to set. Probably I my guess is once every 3 years for an excellent comedian, once every 3 years should be probably a good enough buffer where they can generate some really good material. But this but what are you going to do? So I struggle with that a little bit. The idea of should I spend more time trying to make something good? Or should I just put it out there? And the the I mean the numbers tell me the answer. The numbers, the 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 amount of, of views people are getting and the and the the amount of listens people have, you should just put out the content and uh, not worry that it's not the best thing you can do. And I gotta tell you, I struggle with that. I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> Listen to this podcast. I mean it's perfect, guys. It's but that's the thing. The reason I love the podcast is because they're free and it's a free form and I'm just yammering on here. People aren't expecting perfection. They're not expecting if I'm doing an HBO hour long special and people sit down for it. What I just said for the last, I don't know how long we've been recording, the last like 30 minutes, that it would be unacceptable. You'd be like, what the fuck am I listening to? This is this isn't brilliant comedy, although, you know, it's close. Don't get me wrong. This is close to brilliant. But it's not It's it's not what you need to do for a special. This is a podcast. Yeah, I'm doing a couple of, the, couple of these a week. And you, what, do you, what do you want from me? And so that, this is how I've kind of settled on it. When it, if I'm going to churn out something, a, a product constantly, I want it to be one where there is, uh, uh, what's the word? There's no... Uh, standard you know like it it's it people people aren't well there's a standard <laughs> it's just I'm not, I'm not just sitting here recording diarrhea you know flowing into the toilet i'm i'm i am doing my best to to say something somewhat interesting or funny or both but um I, i'm standing now i decided to stand i figured this might might help me with my train of thought uh it's that oh no it does not i'm gonna sit right back down I'm also very superstitious, by the way. Uh, you know what? I'm going to stop telling you stuff like that because I don't want you to think I'm super fucked up. I was listening to um, a Mark Maron podcast recently, and they had a, he had a comedian on who I like, and he was talking about his, his anxiety problems and the pills and stuff he was on. And I know this day and age, you're supposed to be able, you're supposed to listen to people's problems and go, listen, everyone has problems. And yeah, when you're on, you're on a million pills and you should be because, but I tell you, if you talk too much, like he was talking about uh, how he he always, when he's driving around in his car, he always thinks he hits somebody. So he circles around the block to, and then and then he thinks, well, what if the person actually crawled into the woods and uh, and is dying over? So he gets out of the car and looks for the person that he he thinks he hit, and he does it all the time. He always thinks he hits somebody, and and he used to always think that. If he went to a national park, he would think, did I start a fire? And then he would be watching the news for a week thinking, is there a fire in the national park that I set? And when I started listening, I'm like, oh, 
well, you're okay. So you're actually a little crazy. And again, so it sort of detracted from like it, it's okay to be a little humorously crazy to to tell people in broad strokes what your problems are, but I think I find and this is just personally, if you're getting very very specific about it, God knows. Look, mental health issues, I get it. We should all talk about it. We should all be open. But when you when you harp on it too much or or you get too specific, then I start going, oh, okay, all right. And and I noticed that myself. Like I used to have a bit of the uh, the OCD. Uh, I still do. That's why I'm a bit superstitious, you know, a lot, but a lot of people have that. A lot of athletes, you know, they have it. I, and I equate myself with an elite athlete, you know, and uh, like Patrick Waugh would tap his uh, goalposts a certain amount of times. And, you know, Don Cherry used to say he, he always puts his jacket on left arm first, then right arm, something like that. A lot of people wear specific ties. A lot of, look, the, the superstition is a thing. And that's, you know, that's kind of a overcompulsive disorder, uh, the OCD thing that everybody's always throwing around. And I have some of that. You know, I, I definitely do. But when I was younger, it used to be much worse. And uh, I used to talk about it to people. And I would find halfway through the conversation, they start like slinking away. You know, they just even even if it wasn't physically, you could see them mentally checking out like, oh, OK, so oh, this isn't just kind of humorous or you, you're, like, you're, you're talking too. And maybe it's just because you're talking too much about it. And they, just, they start to get a little like, huh. So, so go ahead and say your disorders. Maybe I shouldn't be saying any of this fucking shit. I, I, I know I shouldn't. It's just it's it's kind of my thing that I was talking about with therapy. It's just if you harp on stuff too much, not only are you maybe freaking out people next to you, because it's 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 sort of like if you're on a date with a girl and then she was to call you four times the next day and text you all the time, even if you really liked her and she really liked you. There are some warning signs. Like you start going, oh, should she be trying to, you know, move in with me today? Because we only went out on one date. Even if you guys feel that instant connection where you both feel like moving in together, the one who starts blabbing on about it, that kind of makes the other person go, wait a second. Wait, am I walking into something crazy as fuck here? And um, so I think that when you're blurting out your... um, mental hang-ups, the things that are bothering you. It there's a time and place for uh for the specifics. You know, so if you just if you meet if you meet someone at a party and then you just start going, yeah, so I have OCD and I line up four quarters on my dresser every night and if I don't do that, then there's going to be a train accident. Like you, people are like, "Um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to get another beer from the fridge." So maybe I'll talk to you a bit later and then they they just move on. But if if it's one of your good friends and you and you're and you're, you know, Kvetching uh, is that a word about it? Uh, and you're 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 going back and forth, and you're you're trying to figure something out. That's great. Just all I'm saying is that I find that people talking to therapists, harping on their problems, uh, sometimes it's not even, it's not good for themselves because they're dwelling on their negativity. They're they're constantly second guessing their whole lives, and and uh, and and they and they're also just um, m- just mired. They're in the mire? God damn it. My, what, my vocabulary is... I'm so stupid, okay? Um, I was just trying to remember what the door song was, where they're saying something about the mire, and I was trying to use that fucking word. And you know what? You know what? I should be putting out the YouTube videos where nothing, where I say nothing and do nothing. Because I, I said somewhere in this podcast earlier 
that it's nice to be young and stupid so that the stupid young people can follow you and and that you're not you don't you don't have a hang up about oh man did i just put out something stupid cuz the young people don't think that they just think i just yeah i put it out it's great they don't realize it's stupid and here i'm saying that and listen how fucking stupid i am i don't know how to use the word mire or or i can't remember the door song i can't remember anything i don't know anything i am the youtube generation what am i worried about that's it. I'm putting up more videos. I'm just going to press record, and I'm putting out a pile of garbage, and then I'll have these kids. These kids will be like, oh, I love that garbage, or maybe they'll hate that garbage. I don't care. Just just give me money. I don't know. Is that what it's about? Am I like, it's not. It can't be, because I'm not doing the podcast for money. I, I'm not really doing comedy for money. Like, I could have made money doing other things, you know, I and the 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 videos that I made with my friends that they they weren't for money. I like making stuff. I I don't know how to make a lot of things. Uh, I find things frustrating. I um, frustrating. Yeah, I, I my Newfie accent makes me pronounce things wrong sometimes. But I find things frustrating. I find it very difficult to become an expert. You know, like I can do a fair amount of things. You're listening to a podcast. I've done that. I I learned how to get a podcast onto the iTunes or the or the Android or however else you're fucking listening. And uh, I figured that out. I figured out how to do some stand-up comedy. I figured out how to put up some shitty YouTube videos. But I... I don't be I can't become an expert at anything. Like I'm ne- I'm never to the point where like I've done an independent movie, you know, and I shot it and it looks like some guy who sort of knows what he's doing doing a, an independent movie for 15 bucks. And that because that's what it was. The idea that I could be like Chris Nolan and I've gotten like cities to collapse on themselves in CGI and there's there's a gigantic waterfalls and fucking Leonardo DiCaprio is spinning some tops and shit. What was that one called? Uh, Inception. You know, like, look at that. Like, like that guy, uh, Chris Nolan, he his first movie, uh, The Following, I think it was called, where he, he was, it, it basically he did like a one- uh, like a like a two man play, but he just filmed it, and so um, it, it has no special effects. It's filmed on like sixteen millimeter. It's black and white, and it looks uh, it looks oh, okay. Uh, but it's it's good. It's a good movie. People really liked it, and then he was able to make Memento after that. And while Memento is sort of filmed backwards, which is kind of innovative. There was nothing special effectsy about it. You know, it was mostly in a hotel room. There wasn't uh, clearly not a big production budget. And, but he learned how to make movies, and then he made fucking Batman and Inception, these gigantic Hollywood blockbuster movies, and he nailed them. You're like he was excellent. He he graduated from the idea of just you know holding a camera for two actors. He turned it into like I'm as good as it gets, and that to me is fucking baffling. Like I'm like that Kevin Smith, you know, like I. I'll learn how to do something a little bit, and then that's all I can do. Like, Kevin Smith never got any better than Clerks. Sorry, Kevin Smith, probably, if you're listening. Um, in my opinion, the thing is, he might not be that angry if I said that. It's just he knows, he, he, I've even heard him in talks say, I know what I can do. Like, he was asked to do the Green Hornet or something like that, like a superhero movie. And he said, no, I, I can't do a superhero movie. I'm not John Favreau. I can't, uh, I don't, don't know how to handle the big budgets. I don't know how to do special effects. I do talkies, is what he called them. And I, I, and I understand what he's talking about because I can't graduate from that 
that. And I think a lot of people are like it. They're not like Chris Nolan. Chris Nolan, who learns a little bit about making an independent film and then finds a way to transition into doing a film. Like he, Michael Bay, Chris Nolan can make a Michael Bay movie in his sleep. Except it'll have a story, and it'll be good, but he can do all the special effects and whatever the fuck you need him to do. And I'm like, how did you you go? How did you do that? Like, Kevin Smith can't understand it. I can't understand it. The idea of graduating from making, like, right now, if you go look at my YouTube videos, you'll see it's me in my apartment, and it's just, like, a picture frame in the background, and me in front of a taupe wall, because that's the color of these apartments. I don't know why they're not white, and I can't even... I can't even make it look any better. You know, I've got a pretty decent camera. The idea that I'd be able to to go from that into making Inception, I I probably won't. I ne- I always like my website also if you want to check that out, my website is fine. You know, I I don't know how to make it any better. I like uh, cameras. I like taking pictures. So I've been taking pictures for the last couple of years and, uh, they're not very good. <laughs> you know, they're just, they're, they, they're, they're okay. And, but they're not getting any better is what I'm saying. Like I, I, I just, I don't know what it is. Maybe I can't put the time or the effort into it. Anyways, listen, I'm going on and on. This is this this podcast is getting too long. I'm going to try to keep them a little shorter because I find in the after about four, if it goes past forty five minutes, you know, people are are uh, tuning out a little bit. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna try to keep them a little bit shorter. So I'll just end this part by saying, you know, go out there, make your garbage, but try to get try to get better. I'm I'm trying I'm trying to get better. I'd like to take it from being okay at something to being great at something. Like stand-up is the same thing for me. You know, like I, I, I headline comedy clubs and, and I do corporate shows and I make some money, but the idea of becoming someone who has uh, a Comedy Central special or an HBO special or even a Netflix special that's well-received, it's, it's easier these days to get a Netflix special if you, if you film it and then maybe sell it to them. But, uh, you know, even that, even that would, would be a huge thing. So I would like to get I would like to get to there, you know, and I just I'm I'm a little inspired by the YouTube generations, uh, the the idea that you can do things yourself. But sometimes I tell you, they that you can do it yourself. It's it's a bit of a drug that I, not a lot of people are doing it themselves. I don't know. Maybe they are. I the the paradigm has shifted. You know, there's all these YouTubers making millions and millions. So I shouldn't say that you can't do it yourself. But I find that you what you can't do is um, what television does for you. Like the idea that The, the Walking Dead, all right, as a very high-budget, high-production show, that uh, most popular show in the world, as far as I know, and um, that show, you can't do that as an internet-by-yourself producer, you know what I mean? That that's what I'm talking about. You can't do Inception on YouTube. Now, maybe some fucking kid is listening to me going, "Oh yeah? You don't think so? Watch this and he'll win an Oscar on YouTube. He'll just film it himself on his iPhone, his iPhone 15 or whatever the fuck one he uses, and then it uh it'll it'll win best picture and in his acceptance speech, he'll be like, "Hey, there's a podcast that seven people listen to and uh his name is Mark Bennett and he's a piece of shit." But you know what, buddy? 
you used your rage against me to get an Oscar. So really, I think we both win. And then thanks to your Oscar speech, I mean, people are going to this podcast now, you know, and God knows I'm still going to be doing it when you win your Oscar in 10 years, because that's what I'm going to do with this podcast. I'm going to do a couple of weeks until I'm dead. So if you don't hear a podcast next week, it's because I'm dead. All right. Oh, Christ almighty. <laughs> this is, I don't know how this one went, um, but you know what? I'm going to take my own advice. I was about to stop recording and just start all over again, but I'm going to take my own advice and I'm going to put stuff out. I'm just going to put it out. I'm going to stop waiting for perfection and I would just put stuff out because I'll tell you what. You know what I think happens is when, when you just put stuff out and you stop looking for perfection, you actually end up getting much better at it. It's, I'm one of these people that I'm always hesitating and I'm always waiting to get better at it. And then I do get slightly incrementally better at these things over time and it's slightly better three years later than I would have put out three years prior. But I think that you to make those major leaps in production value or major leaps in, in skill is that if you would just put out videos for three years instead of procrastinating for three years, uh, trying to get better or, or doing online courses like I do all the time, then I think you're way better off, you know? Maybe I could be like Gary Vaynerchuk and I could do motivational speeches. Because look at this. Look at this. This has been like 45 minutes now of me saying fuck all. I haven't said a goddamn thing worth listening to. Yet I spoke. I spoke without breathing. So look, I can do it. And if I can do it, you can do it. Guys, get out there. Get out there and win at life. You know, thousand points of light. Let's make America great again. Let's all just do videos. And then you'll be famous and I'll be famous and we'll all be famous together. No one will produce anything. No one will make actual products. We're all just going to be rich and famous because we're famous. Oh, this is going to be great. Thanks again for listening.